Blog Talk Radio. Because if it had not been for you, we would not be here. We open our eyes this morning, God, because you gave us the strength to open our eyes. We were able to rise because you gave us strength in our limbs and the facilities of our body. We were able to get here, God, because you blessed us and brought us the way of safety and did not allow harm to come to us, Lord. We're grateful to again come into your presence because we know where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And as we come before you today, have your way, Lord. 
Let flesh be crucified that you might be glorified, that your people might be edified in the name of Jesus. For God in you is life. And that's what we seek, God, life, eternal life, God. We pray, oh God, today that you will touch every person that have come seeking you, Lord. Bind the hand of the devil, God. Rebuke the hand of the enemy, Lord. God, let your anointing that resonates in this place even now. God, let there be an outpouring on your people. We need you, God, to take us to another level in you, Lord. God, we're faced with demonic forces, God. Evil spirits have come up against us, Lord, and we need to be fortified with your power. God, we can't make it on our own strength, God. We don't have enough to stand on, Lord. But we know, God, that your joy is our strength. Fill us up on today in the name of Jesus. Somebody have come this morning burdened down, God, with the issues of life, God. Somebody, God, is in the battle of their life. Somebody's, God, fighting in their mind and in their spirit, Lord. Where the devil have come in to war against them, Lord. But we thank you, God, because we know greater are you that's within us than he that is within this world, God. We know, God, that you are a deliverer, Lord, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever, and you're no short of your promise, Lord, and you're able to deliver us, Lord. Touch us on today, Lord. We need you like never before. Fill us up with the Holy Ghost, God, and give us a refilling, Lord, that when we leave here today, Lord, huh? we can leave with your anointing, Lord, huh? that as we meet men and women, boys and girls, huh? they might be converted to know who you are, Lord. Huh? In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Huh? We thank you because you are a healer. Huh? You're the God that healeth thee, huh? and healing is in your wings, huh? and you're able to touch our feeble bodies. Huh? You're able to save our troubled souls, huh? and in the name of Jesus, huh? bind every demon, Lord, huh? every demonic force, Lord. Huh? God that comes to keep us uh, in the same place, Lord. Uh, we're willing, God, to surrender uh, and say yes to your will, Lord. Uh, we're willing to turn our lives, God, uh, over into your hands, Lord. Uh, because we come to the place, God, uh, where we realize like never before, uh, we need you, Jesus. Uh, more than anything we know, uh, we need you, Jesus. Uh, while men are trying to find, God, uh, solutions to this chaotic world, God, uh, we're looking to you. Lord, because we know for every right desire, there is an answer, and Jesus sure that answer. There's no need for us, God, to turn hither or thither, Lord. We need but to look for you, Lord, because you're the answer, God, for our troubled lives, Lord. Touch on the day, God. Break every yoke, oh God. Save on the day, God. Deliver on the day, God. Jesus, we need you, Lord. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We're crying out to you, Lord. We know that you're able to save our souls. We know that you're able, God, to heal our bodies, Jesus. We know that you're able, God, to turn our situations around. Jesus, no other help we know. No other help we know. No other help we know, God. You're able, Jesus, to deliver our children. You're able, Jesus, to save 
the unsaved husband. You're able, Jesus, to heal the cancer patient. Nothing too hard for you, Jesus. No other God we know. We know that you're able, Jesus. We know that you're able, Jesus. We say yes to your will, God. Yes to your way, Lord. Have your way, Jesus. And we'll thank you for it. And we'll give your name the praise. And we'll bless you, Lord. Yes, we thank you, Lord. And we bless your holy name. Come on, open your mouth and give the Lord some praise.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're grateful to the Lord for another week ending, another Friday morning. Hallelujah. Tomorrow, Saturday, I get to rest a little bit. I think, I think now, because I have some things to get done. And on Sunday, I go back to the prison. So we thank God for all he has done, what he's doing right now, and what he's going to do. Great and mighty things. And he brings us to the place where uh, we really need to be. If it's rest, he brings us to a place where uh, we can get some rest if we, you know, choose to do it. But sometimes I choose to uh, keep running. And so I'm learning uh, today, sit down, stop all of that. Yeah, because uh, if the Lord send you, he, he's going to send you. If you don't, then you don't have to do it. Yeah. So we're grateful unto him, and we're thankful unto him this morning. Uh, our message coming today from Bishop G.E. Patterson, and I think he's preaching at the 105th Convocation. And we may have heard this message before. But the title of it is Reconnect with the Law. And that's what we need to do daily, make sure we're connected. Uh, I mean, uh, let us recommit to the Lord. And this is what we should be doing every day, making sure that we are recommitting unto him daily. For this, the world is getting wickeder and wiser. And so many things are going on and People don't have no regard for God. They don't have no thought about him. It's my thing. I'm going to do what I want to do. And then they try to find uh, a way to justify everything. A lot of people, they don't have real feelings because they were never shown feelings as a child. Somebody just, you know, fed them, clothed them, gave them a roof over their head, sent them to school, you know, fed them, and that was it. No hugs, no uh, love language, none of that. So many young people that I see and talk to, they don't have no feelings. Yeah. They they think whatever, well, it was done to me. If they do something to me, I'm going to really get them because no thoughts, no teachings, basically, of right and wrong. Now, there were rules in the house where they come up don't do this and don't do that. If you do this, you're going to be in trouble. So a lot of things they didn't do, they just came on through life. But when they became adults, they yet, young adults, rather, they yet have no feelings. And every, when I say they don't have no feelings, I mean towards others. Now, they have feelings for themselves. Everything is by their feelings. For themselves, concerning them, not other people. If I feel like this, I'm going to do this. I've even heard uh, younger people talk about how they were trained at home. Good parents. And they said it was wrong for the parents to discipline them. Because this system uh, that we have in America, it makes the children head of the household, and it makes the children the parents, and the parents the children. Can you see that? That is so backwards and whack. And children go to their parents and say, I want my ears pierced. They don't know why. 
they saw these kids over here had their ears pierced. Uh, or TV, all the celebrities, many of them have their ears pierced. Go to the parents, I want a tattoo. Because of what they see, who they're around. I remember my son Yusuf coming to me saying he wanted his ear pierced. I said, are you crazy? One ear? Yeah. Why? He looked good on me. I said, do you know anything behind that? Do you know the research on that or anything? No. I said, and I, I can't let you do it until you get the research in. After you research it, if you still want it. And I said, this is him, Captain Bly. Then you get it. I said, I'm going to give you this little tad bit of information. What I found out is the captain of the ship had an earring in his ear, and his mate had an earring in their ear, and they were both men. I said, so now, if you still want your one earring because you got a mate, I mean, you, 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 yeah, you got a mate somewhere, talk to me. He said, what? I said, did you hear what I said? And I walked away from it. He went and looked this up in the uh, head. Now, I, I, I don't think I want my ear pierced. I know you don't. Then, uh, tattoos. I think people who get tattoos, something is going on inside of the head, and it's not right. Nobody closed, listen to me today, in their right mind, want tattoos on their body. Nobody want ink on you, and God made you perfectly. Now, if something is going on that's not right in your head, yeah, because you're not closed in your right mind. You see, you don't have God because he gave you power, love, and the last thing is that a sound mind. And a sound mind tells you the real things and, and, and what you need to have and what you don't need to have, a sound mind. But when you don't have a complete sound mind, that'll happen to you. I've seen people with so many tattoos all, all over their face, their arms, their neck. I'm thinking, what in the... But I know, already know. And a lot of times it's because of what happened in childhood. And they never healed. They never got the proper counseling. They, they haven't come to God yet in the fullness. So what everybody else is doing, they're doing it too. Some people in the military, okay, they're getting tattoos, I'm getting one. Some people in prison, okay, they let these uh, homemade tattoos, tattoo, I'm going over there and get me some tats. That is just whack to me. Yeah, that is ridiculous. And, and many telling me you can't really get that ink out of your skin. It's in there forever. And they'll say, oh, you know, they, they, they got a thing now where you can get that out. Come on. Yes, sir. Piercings in the face, the lips, the nose. I don't know how you can put that thing in your lip, in your nose, in your eyebrow. Oh, that's deep. That's real deep. Yeah, I, I don't like pain like that. I, I don't like stuff thick, sticking through my skin like that. I don't like no colors on me. I got enough with the bake marks on my arm from sticking my arm in the oven to pull a, a cake, a pie, a casserole out. Yeah. Yep, and in the tongue. Thank you, sir. In the tongue. Woo! That's got to be painful. Shall they come home with one in the tongue and got it light pink? So if you don't really pay attention, you won't know. 
And I didn't pay it no attention. Years later, she showed me. Yeah, see, I got a piercing. I almost went off the rails, as they say. I almost flipped. But she was grown. And you can't control grown people. But you know better. You didn't know no better. No, I'm in college. It's what the college kids doing. I'm a follower. I'm not a leader. Because, see, that's what it showed me. You are a follower and not a leader. Because if I'm a leader, I'm not, I, I don't want to do what you do. Now, if you preach in the word, I want to do that. If you quote the scripture, I want to do that. If you're praying, I want to do that. If you're seeking God with your whole heart, I want to do that. If you're doing what's pleasing and acceptable unto Almighty God, I want to follow that. And once I get so far, uh, when I first started off, really, he go, he's going to teach me if I can trust him. If I can believe and trust him and set my affections on things above, not on things on the earth. But see, when you don't have your affection set on things above, you got your affection set on things in the earth, yeah, you'll follow people, other people. Yeah. Yeah. Louis said he saw a kid had so many piercings, they nicknamed him Tackerbox. My goodness, what you want all that silver and stuff? In? I would be afraid when it thunder and lightning, it might strike me, the lightning. <laughs> Y'all know my thinking. But I just cannot following people and the latest fads and the latest fashions and this is what's happening now. No, I don't want none of that. I remember back in the day they came out with the weave and they had a 21 piece and a, I think it was a 10 piece and you can get longer than that. And I would be talking to someone and say, oh, okay. Let me get on in this store, half store, and get me a 21 piece. I'm looking crazy. Because I'm thinking a 21 piece of chicken. <laughs> Y'all know I love that food. What you going in there for? The, the weave go 21 inches. And the uh, hairdresser cuts it to, to the style that you want. Yeah. It's foolishness. Brother Lewis said, just kidding about tackle box, I guess. But listen, we got to get our minds right. This is 2023, and there's some things coming our way. And instead of preparing for what's coming, uh, we follow in the world. And that is crazy. Yeah. We are in the world, believers, but we're not of the world. And we got to give God our all. Because if we don't have him when all this stuff come to pass, we'll be out of gas. We'll perish. We'll die. We'll suffer. Because some of us still have diabetes, high blood pressure, heart problems, kidney problems, uh, all kind of stuff. And if we don't have God, we won't remain safe. Mm-hmm. And then we can prep. We can do all the prepping we want, but if we truly don't have God, that won't help us either. Yeah. We got to have him so that he can lead and guide us in the right path for his name's sake. 
You may not have prepared, but God will send somebody by with what you need. It may just be a bowl of beans for the day, but that's all you need. Tomorrow you need a little rice and butter. You send that to us. I believe if I don't have enough, I can pray in my pantry and God will supply food. Yeah. I believe I can walk out in the woods if I'm allowed to and find food. Yeah. Plants, 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 flowers that you can eat. God is faithful. But if we're not giving him our all, why should we want his all? Why should I be selfish? I'm going to live my life the way I want to live it. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to think the way I want to think. But when I need something, I'm going to run to God. That's their user mentality. We don't want to do him like that. We want to give him our whole heart, bring our flesh under subjection, and live the way he said to live. He's holy, and he really wants us to live a holy life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So we're grateful unto him this morning, and uh, I'm going to this uh, request, and uh, when we come back, we are coming back with Bishop G.E. Patterson this morning, and recommit to the Lord. Yeah, we must recommit to him, because we've been outside a little bit. Yeah, sometimes I find myself uh, looking at more TV than studying. I'm like, oh, wait a minute here. Yeah, so I have to recommit. Hallelujah. Repent and get it right with him. Hallelujah. I'm going to this one this morning. Sometimes it takes a few minutes for it to start. Yo, P. Stay ready. It's the new swag, baby. Woke up this morning and I told myself, not gonna worry about what I cannot help. People dying innocently, hate is spreading rapidly. I'm not talking apathy, but some things God's gotta
www.jesusinthemorningradio.com to us 
it's time to hear the word. It has been such a flattering honor to serve God's people in any capacity. I'm going to ask Bishop Blake, the first assistant presiding bishop, to come and present our bishop. We're ready for the word. You can remain standing on your feet. The most reverend G.E. Patterson is one of the most eloquent preachers on the face of the earth. He's a man of God, a creative thinker. He's a churchman, a statesman, a model, an example. He's a godly leader. He's a world-class pastor. We want to thank Bishop Patterson for this first year of his administration. We want to thank Bishop Patterson for a tremendously successful leadership conference. We want to thank Bishop Patterson for a $250,000 personal gift to the Church of God in Christ. We want to thank Bishop Patterson for a historic visit to Lexington. We want to thank him that he has provided compassionate ministry to eight jurisdictions following the death of their bishops in the past 12 months. We want to thank Bishop Patterson for his pervasive vision for the ministry of the Church of God in Christ to the world. We want to thank Bishop Patterson for the extensive remodeling project on Mason Temple, for the video screens that were installed, for the interactive video conferencing that we've been able to enjoy on today. We want to thank Bishop Patterson for the new Bishop's Council Chamber and for the pair prayer counselors chambers and other facilities in Mason Temple. We want to thank him for organizational innovations and management revisions. We want to thank Bishop Patterson for the C.H. Mason Bible College. We want to thank Bishop G.E. Patterson for the new climate of spirituality and unity that exists in the Church of God in Christ. We want to thank God for our leader, ladies and gentlemen, the most reverend G.E. Patterson presiding bishop of the church of God in Christ. Let's clap our hands and receive the man of God. Won't you reach your hand to somebody and just tell them, neighbor, I want to thank God for bringing the glory back. and praise him. Come on and give him praise. Oh, bless the name of Jesus. Come on, reach out and touch someone by the hand. Lord, we want to praise you. Praise you for this day. We praise you for this hour. Thank you for your presence in the room. For we know that when your presence 
is among us. Even without the laying on of hands, sick bodies are healed. Bondage is broken. And the yoke is destroyed by the anointing. Thank you, Lord. God, we ask today that you would anoint these lips of clay. Allow us to speak as an oracle of Christ and not just as a man. Hide us behind your glorious cross and cover us with your precious blood, allowing no flesh to glory in your sight. And Lord, when we shall have left this assembly, even as Moses came down from the presence of God and his face had a glow about it, Lord, when we leave from this holy convocation, let everybody who we come in contact know that we have been in the presence of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Come on and give him praise. One more time, give him praise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You may be seated. For the power of the Lord is still the same. So you, you won't leave it like you came in the Jesus. Name. Just tell somebody, you won't leave it like you came. In Jesus' name. Bound, oppressed, afflicted, sick Tell somebody so you won't leave it like you can't tell yourself. I, I won't leave it like I can't. Come on and embrace somebody and tell them we. We won't leave it like we came in the Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Let me take just a few moments 
and give praise, glory, and honor to God our Heavenly Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for allowing the Church of God in Christ to celebrate actually this our 104th year as a holiness church from the time that Bishop Mason organized the first Church of God in Christ, the Mother Church in Lexington, and 94 years since he received the gift of the Holy Ghost and called together the church for its first time as a Pentecostal tongue-speaking church. And the glory of the Lord <laughs> is still great in the midst of his saints. I want to thank the saints one year ago through our electoral process selected or made choice or agreed with God that I would be your chief servant to serve in the office of presiding bishop of the church. And I want to thank God for these great men who have been elected to serve with us as the members of the general board, our first assistant, the one and only pastor of our largest church in this entire denomination, Bishop Charles E. Blake. And the second assistant, the gentleman from Texas, who I believe that if uh, I just pumped him a little bit more, I saw an unusual anointing on him today, Bishop J. Newell Haynes. <laughs> to the gentleman who served us for six years, a man who I've often referred to as the greatest evangelist that our church has ever produced, I mentioned that the other night that when others of us would be stomping and tuning and sweating and jumping, he'd stand up with a handkerchief in his hand and talk about Jesus and get as many and more folks saved than we did sweating. And the Lord saw fit that he would go to the very heights of the church. He's going to be delivering the closing message, the communion message on tomorrow. Bishop Chandler David Owen. We love you, Bishop Owen. Amen. The church loves Bishop Owen. Come on, praise God for him. secretary of our general board who served as 
general secretary for a number of years, another great leader and anointed man of God, the Bishop W. W. Hamilton. That's Bishop Hamilton. The assistant secretary, another man of tremendous vision and organizational skills, as well as the teaching and preaching anointing from Louisiana, the Bishop Roy L. H. Winbush. And the man that we often just kind of refer to as the father of the board, he uh, kind of adopted the phrase of Mother Bibby, that he may be hopping, but he ain't stopping. Uh, Bishop Leroy Anderson. Another one of our great senior members of the board who's been serving uh, I don't know how many terms, but from Detroit, Michigan, and he is another organizational genius and great man of God, Bishop Philip Aquila Brooks. And the gentleman whom we heard his voice just before the time of the offering. Uh, well, we've been hearing his voice all over the country on radio. A lot of people just know him simply as the Crusader, Bishop L.E. Willis. And also from the state of Virginia, another great man of God that uh, periodically he reminds us that the light's on green, Bishop Samuel L. Green. And from uh, San Diego, California, Theologian, prolific writer, another man that the world respects for his uh, theological standing throughout Christendom, Bishop George Dallas McKinney. Last, my teenage friend from Western Michigan uh, who has shown not only that he is a preacher and a great preacher, but he operates in the area of affordable housing. He's mastered that area, and I don't know how many millions of dollars worth of property that they have in western Michigan uh, for people who normally wouldn't be able to have a decent place to stay. Bishop Nathaniel Wyoming Wells. If y'all wondering why my mouth is dry, I'm nervous. Uh, it's not an easy thing to stand, not only just before so many, but just to stand before God's people. Uh, you, you have to be very careful what you say in front of God's people. One of the great mistakes that young preachers make and I made it myself when I was a young preacher you know we were so caught up with our own little calling and sometimes take over church and people who have given their life and mortgage their houses and 
we let them know I'm the pastor now, so whatever. If you don't like what I said, the door swings both ways. When you get a little old and, and God teaches you, amen, you learn that when you speak to God's people, you're on trial before him. And we have to be very careful what we say about God's people. Amen. I honor all of these great leaders, the Judiciary Board Chairman and all of that board. Bless you, Bishop Westbrook, Bishop uh, L.T. Walker, and the entire board of bishops, Bishop J.O. Patterson, Jr., and the General Assembly. And certainly we give love and respect to our saintly mother, and she is really a beautiful vessel of God. Mother Willamay Rivers and all of these great women. And to my own wife, Louise. Been married 34 years now. Soon will be 35. God bless her and all of these great people. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Glad to see my sisters here. Barbara. Uh, Barbara Davis. Evangelist Barbara Davis. Uh, Evangelist Mary Hawkins, Supervisor Leola Smith. I want my three sisters to stand. God bless you. And we are so happy to see the uh, daughters of our founder, other members of the Mason family. I want all the Mason family to stand. Praise God. All these. Amen. Sister Julia, Sister Ruth, amen. God bless you. And we're happy for all of the wives of our general board members and former general board members, those who've gone on to be with the Lord. How many of our former general board members, uh, widows, do we have here? Stand up. The uh, Mrs. Mrs. J.O. Patterson, Mrs. Uh, amen, Mother Mary Wells and uh, Mother F.D. Washington and Mother Clemens. God bless all of these great women of God. Did I miss any of them? And we are so glad always to have our living treasure, the one and only Bishop O.T. Jones. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I know you're going to. <laughs> Amen. As it has already been stated, our special guest tonight, we only have two messages remaining in this meeting after I shall have finished, and that will be uh, tonight. And I invited him to share with us tonight. Uh, because I think that uh, we may not in all of our history, we might not have reached out in the right way for our sons. We have some sons that uh, are not with us organizationally, but are with us in spirit. And 
There's nobody who goes to the uh, Azusa Fellowship or that sees our guests on television who does not frequently hear him talk about his roots and what made him what he is. Bishop Carlton Pearson, God bless you. We love you. And we'll be listening to hear your home tonight. All right. My wife is trying to give me a signal. Uh, I did. I didn't forget this bishop, and I called his name. Amen. Your mother Ribbon must have been talking. <laughs> Yeah, in fact, when I mentioned him, I said he's borrowed a line from Mother Bibby. He's hopping but not stopping. Yeah, yeah. Well, my mind's working today, y'all. Let's go to the word of the Lord. We've heard some great messages, some anointed messages in this meeting I understand that there are many saints who did not know that for this convocation we really started a day early on Monday at 9 a.m. this past Monday we went into Mason Temple and uh, had a time of fasting and prayer that uh, did not end until after the opening service on Tuesday so those who uh, went with us fasted from bedtime Sunday night until after the benediction on opening day. And at first I felt impressed. I really didn't just feel impressed, but I felt under divine orders. We're a great church for talking about we need to go back to fasting, we need to go back to praying, we need to. And when we get through preaching and saying what well, we need to, very seldom do we do what we all agree we need to do. But uh, as of this past Monday, the Church of God in Christ is officially back to beginning the convocation with fasting and prayer. And this will this will continue and we believe that God is going to continue to do mighty things in the midst of his people I want you to turn with me to the book of Joshua and also the book of Hebrews In Joshua chapter 24, and I trust that you will allow your Bibles to remain open. Joshua chapter 24, we'll begin reading with verse 14. If you have it, say amen. Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. 
and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood all the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God, he it is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, and which did those great signs in our sight, and preserved us in all the way wherein we went, and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drave out from before us all the people, even the Amorites, which dwelt in the land. Therefore will we also serve the Lord, for he is our God. And Joshua said unto the people, Ye cannot serve the Lord, for he is an holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. If ye forsake the Lord and serve strange gods, then he will turn and do you hurt and consume you after that he hath done you good. And the people said unto Joshua, Nay, but we will serve the Lord. Put a Bible marker there and turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10. In Hebrews chapter 10, we begin reading with verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Christ, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as ye see the day approaching. From these two passages of Scripture today, I want to share with you that which I believe the Lord has dropped into my spirit and laid heavily upon my heart. The theme being, it is time to recommit to our Lord. It is time to recommit to our Lord. Now, I know some would say, preacher, why would you choose such a subject? Because I got saved 45 years ago, and I've been saved ever since I got saved, and haven't done nothing wrong, haven't done nothing shamed of, nothing that would cause me to be lost, nothing that I need to repent of. Well, maybe not until then, but if you said that, you just lied. (laughs) 
because all of us, whether they be sins of commission or sins of omission, every once in a while, every one of us need to come before God in a time of repentance. Recommitment is not some unfamiliar term in today's society because people who have been married for 25 years celebrating their silver anniversary, often they have special ceremonies to repeat their vows of marriage so that the husband might recommit himself and his love to his wife and she might commit her love and her loyalty and faithfulness to her husband. 25 years later, on the 50-year anniversary, often it is done again. We have even in our local churches days of rededication. And when I thought about the fact that the Church of God in Christ is in that 100-year-old range, the Lord placed it in my spirit to call the saints together in a time of fasting and prayer for the beginning of our holy convocation, and we called it a day of repentance, restoration, and rededication. Because I believe there is much in our individual lives as well as in the lives of our organization as a corporate body. There are things for which we need to repent. I'm not going to get into a list of things because I think sometimes when we begin to enumerate that we can go a little bit too far, everybody does not believe exactly the same thing. And sometimes when we start commenting on what is and what is not sin, uh, what may be sin to one may not necessarily be sin to all. Sin is not sin because you don't like it. Sin is sin because God's word condemns it. Israel, at the time when the book of Joshua was written, they were now under their second leader. God had called Moses first of all allowing him to be raised up in Egypt as the son of Pharaoh's daughter and God allowed him to learn as much about Egypt as he could know while his nurse that happened to also be his mother taught him everything that she knew about the God of the Hebrews. And when the fullness of time had come, they had been in bondage for 430 years, and the Lord brought them out of Egypt and reminded them that I did it with a strong arm, uh, that what you were involved in was not something that you could have just come out of uh, just with a snap of a finger. But God said 430 years of bondage, one reason it required the strong arm of God was not just because of the might of Pharaoh, but because the Israelites themselves had allowed the doctrine and the teachings and the religion of Egypt to enter their hearts. 
simply that when God called Moses on the backside of the desert and uh, he wanted to know, well, Lord, who are you? He said, well, my name is I Am. Uh, well, the reason he had to tell him is because Moses, having been brought up in Egypt, he knew that the Egyptians had a system of religion wherein they had a pantheon of nine major gods, and then at the top, just like a star on the top of the pyramid, uh, that god was the sun god Ra. But under Ra, these other nine supposedly got their power from the ones above them. Osiris and Isis and Kepher and Geb and Set and Nut and the others. But after the nine major gods, they had a different idol god whom they felt performed every function in nature. And Moses back and tell Pharaoh that God said, let my people go. My problem's really not going to be with the Egyptians as much as it will be with the Hebrews. They're going to want to know which one of the gods have sent thee. And God said, let them know that I am simply the self-existent one. Call me I am. Because I don't have to get my power from anybody above me because there is none above me. I don't have to get my power and authority from a collection of gods because beside me there is none else. So Moses began to teach, perform miracles, but at the same time teach the children of Israel concerning their God. By the time the Lord through Moses brought them out of Egypt, wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, and then when Moses died, here comes Joshua, whom the Lord had raised up to be his successor. Now, Joshua, the book of Joshua, covers about 25 years of Israel's history. By the time Joshua comes into power, he is dealing with a generation of Hebrews that really didn't know anything about the plagues that God brought on Egypt. Because when you remember, after they got out into the wilderness on their way to the promised land and the people began to murmur and to complain, God said to Moses, get out of the way. I'm going to kill these folk and raise up a new nation from your family roots. Moses said, no, God, don't do that because the other nations will say uh, that you brought them out of Egypt and were not able to give them the total deliverance. So he intervened. He did not really stop the death of the nation, but he slowed it down. And God said, I'll tell you what, from 20 years up, not a single one of them other then you, Joshua, and Caleb will enter into the promised land. So all of the adults dropped dead during the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. And by the time Joshua gets to the borders of the promised land, he's dealing with the youth group that has grown up. 25 years later, when Joshua himself is about to die, Others have grown up who knew nothing whatsoever about the days under Moses. So Joshua starts off 
by giving them a little history in his farewell address. He tells them about how Abram, before God changed his name uh, to Abraham, when he was simply Abram, he had left Ur of the Chaldees and went down in the Haran of Mesopotamia. And there God called Abram out and promised what he would do for him. And how that from Abram there comes Isaac, and from Isaac there comes Jacob and Esau. And then from Jacob, whose name is changed to Israel, there come the other twelve sons, who are the fathers of the twelve tribes. And he tells them how God allowed them to be in Egypt for 40 years, or rather 300, 430 years. And when he brought them out, in spite of what God did, every little opportunity they had, they were worshiping idol gods. So he's saying now it's time for you to recommit to the God who made you who you are. God said, I'm going to bring you into the promised land. You're going to see all that God has promised. You're going to drink from wells that you didn't dig, and you're going to eat from vineyards and olive trees that you didn't plant. You're going to walk and live in houses that you didn't build full of good things, and you didn't have anything to do with filling up those houses. But when you get there, recommit now, because the gods of the land and the gods of the people of the land will be beckoning to you everywhere. But make it up in your mind that we are recommitting to the God who brought us out. I think that that is apropos when we think about the promises that God made to us as a church during the days of Bishop Mason and the other founders, founding fathers and mothers. If they were to be able to rise up today and see what God has really done, they would actually be astonished. Yes, Bishop Mason did say God told him, take the name Church of God in Christ, and you will never be able to have a building that is large enough to hold the people. He never even saw it explode out of Mason Temple. Well, he saw it to some degree because I can remember as a youngster going to Mason Temple and it would be packed and Bishop Riley Williams would probably be bringing the official message and, and back in the uh, assembly hall, which is now the general board chamber, probably Evangelist Randall wearing his white robe that he didn't wear anything else but that would be carrying the service out there. But when you go out on the grounds, there might be a group of folks standing on the grounds, and Dad Mason himself would jump up on a table and be preaching to the folk outdoors. But he never saw the church go to the Mid-South Coliseum and then to Cook Convention Center and last year into the Pyramid and this year in the Pyramid, Cook Center, and Mason Temple. But God is faithful and whatever he promises, it may take a little time. As it did with Abram and Sarah, God said, I'm going to make out of you a mighty nation. And here was a man already 75 years old. And 11 years later, at 86, he still hadn't fathered a child. It took God 25 years to get Abraham and Sarah started. 
But one thing about it, if God says it, you can depend on it. Whatever promise God makes, doesn't matter how much time passes, that promise will be fulfilled. And you just ought to tell somebody, don't even think you're about to die if you have unfulfilled promises from God. No, no, you can't die until God does what he said. So Joshua says to these people, now you're going over, you're already, hallelujah, into the land, and I've done all that I can because Joshua conquered 31 kings, and God said to him, now you've conquered these 31 kings, and there's still much more land to conquer. Joshua knew he was about to fall asleep. But he said, I want you to remember, don't give them your sons, don't give them your daughters, because they'll turn your heart from following after the Lord Jesus Christ, or following after the God of Israel, who was Yahweh, or Jehovah, the Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He recommitted them. He got them to recommit. But the only way you can get other folk to recommit, you've got to be so firm in your stance that it doesn't matter what other folks say. Joshua said, now, you may want to look back to the days of Terah. You may want to look back to the days of Nahor. You may want to look back to the days when your fathers were on the other side of the flood and served those ancient gods that they served before God destroyed the earth by water during the time of Noah. Or you may want to serve the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But whatever your decision, I've already made my commitment. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. There are some things, and, and, and I mentioned to you about even the time of fasting and prayer. God put that in my spirit, and I made up my mind that if didn't anybody else come, that I was going through that fast, I was going to Mason Temple, that I was going to shut in. And a lot of times we are so loose in our commitment that we'll commit, but my commitment is only if you do it. One thing that I felt the Lord had said to us concerning even having to wade through a sea of Costume jewelry and shirts and dresses. And, and I kept hearing Jesus saying in an angry state that, that, that my, my house is to be called a house of prayer. And, and you made it a den of thieves. And when I announced in aim that, uh, you know, we, we're not going to have them unless they are people handling religious articles uh, that in the venue where the convocation will be held that uh, we're not going to have all of these vendors and of course many of the saints rejoiced and some of the people even people holding appointments uh, who does he think he is you know talking about we're not going to have the vendors but I can tell you now the convocation isn't uh, over until tomorrow but even with what we usually get from the vendors, financially, we're already over without the vendors what we used to have with them. 
When you decide to step out on the Word of God, you don't have to worry about what other folks say. You know, when I look at a group of, of critics on one side and look at Jesus on the other, I don't have but one way to go. Let's move over to Hebrews. Hebrews is a book that we do not necessarily know who the author was. Most biblical scholars conclude that it was Paul. Because even though it does not bear his name, his name does not appear anywhere, and that is somewhat uh, uncharacteristic of a Pauline epistle. Paul usually starts off all of his writings letting us know who he is. But I think that this was possibly written by the Apostle Paul, but he felt that the message contained in this letter was more important than that he should get the credit. There was a group of men of Israel, Jewish men, who had converted to Christianity. But having converted to Christianity, they were now on the inside looking out. Their fellow Jewish friends who had not converted to Christianity were condemning them, saying, you've gotten tricked. Because they had joined the Christians on the promise that Jesus the Lord was to return soon. Years had passed and Jesus had not made another arrival. Others were telling them, you should have never left the faith of your fathers. And when we look around today, there are so many people that although they have joined the church, the church of God in Christ and other denominations of the Christian faith, they are here but they are looking out. Some don't even know that they are looking out. For the last 20 years or so, I have been deeply troubled. And you who listen to our telecast, you've heard that concern come out in many of the messages. I'm concerned when I see men who claim to be ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ doing things like lining up with Mr. Farrakhan to go to Washington, D.C. for the Million Man March. I got a lot of criticism about it when I first began to talk and preach and teach against it. But I don't think any of the fellows that I know who went, I don't think they'd go if that march was being held this Saturday. When you commit to Jesus Christ, Joshua said to Israel, you got to remember that he is jealous. Have any of you sisters ever been involved with a jealous man? Any of y'all got a jealous husband? It simply means that he doesn't think very kindly when you are constantly looking in another direction. Especially if he's supporting you. 
If you don't have anything but wait for him to make the paycheck and he brings it home. If you can depend on him to take good care of you and then you go out to dinner and here you are on his arm looking in another direction. Joshua says, our God is a jealous God. I know we're living in a time in America now when it has become very popular. See, our church, I said this to the Board of Bishops, our church is much like our nation. The United States of North America is called the melting pot. You don't have anybody that is native-born Americans except those whom we used to refer to as Indians. And they are not at all in the forefront of what is happening in this country. Everybody who is in the forefront of the government, in the forefront of business, commerce, forefront of, of our political government, are people from somewhere else. Come from Japan, they've come from China, they've come from Germany, come from Mexico, come from all over the world. And our parents were brought from Africa unwittingly and cast on these mundane shores. But when you consider the fact that we are a melting pot and people have come from everywhere and now the enemies of America, they basically dwell in countries where their religion dominates even the government. And we've received sad news of missionaries who have been put to death and arrested for even trying to give out a pamphlet or a Bible with the name of Jesus in it. But here in the United States where we have all kinds of religions, we also have in the church all kinds of beliefs and philosophies. Now it's nothing new to go to a gathering, an ecumenical gathering, and hear a Christian preacher pray in the name of the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God uh, of um, Malcolm X, and the God of... Uh, whosoever else they come up with. I can't pray that way because my Bible says whatsoever you ask, ask all in the name of Jesus. And if I pray in any other name, I don't really believe I'm praying. I don't think I'm doing anything but just uttering words. We have those who are Part Islam, we have those who are part Sun Yan Moon. We have those who are a little bit of everything. But God is saying to us that if you want to see my glory not only come back like it used to be, but see the latter glory exceed the former glory. You're going to have to do a wholehearted commitment back to Jesus Christ. We, we, we've already shouted. I know this isn't a shouting message. But Paul writes to these men of Israel who have committed to Jesus and now they're thinking about going another way. Paul says, I want to tell you something just before you leave from the body of Christ. Let me first of all remind you 
and he uses the key word better he does not say that God was not in the religion of Judaism but he simply says that no matter what you experience prior to knowing Jesus Jesus is better he starts off by saying, God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake unto our fathers by the prophets, but hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things. He simply says that it was God who spoke to our fathers. Every time the prophets opened their mouth and uttered their voice, it was God speaking through the prophets. But that was in former days. In these last days, Jesus is now the Father's last day messenger. And I've said so many times that that's my only thing that I really have against uh, Muhammad. I'm sure there are some good parts about Islam that I don't know. But when I look at the time of Muhammad's birth, Muhammad came about 500 years after Jesus. And since Paul, the writer of Hebrews, says that Jesus is God's last messenger, my problem is that Muhammad came too late. If, if, if he had come claiming to be a messenger of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I'd sit back, cross my legs, and say, let me hear what you got to say. But for him to come 500 years after Jesus and bypass Jesus, claiming to be the messenger of Allah, that, that's too much like Jehovah's Witness. Uh, you see, in order for you to be Jehovah's Witness, you've got to know Jehovah. But John told me, no man has seen Jehovah at any time. But the only begotten who is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. So all that I can know about God, about Jehovah, I've got to know it through Jesus Christ. Paul said, God, it's hundred times divers manner speak unto our fathers by the prophets, but hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son Jesus Christ whom he has appointed heir over all things and using that word better lets me know that Jesus is better than the prophets doesn't matter which one of the prophets you're talking about Jesus is better you read in the Old Testament there were some mighty prophets they did some great things but I want you to know I don't have to long for the days of Elijah Elijah might have shut up the heavens that there be no rain. And then later he put his head between his knees and prayed until God sent the rain. But I want you to know that when I've got Jesus, I've got rain when I need it. When I've got Jesus, I've got bread when I need it. When I've got Jesus, there's absolutely nothing that I can need that I do not have. One songwriter said, all that I need is in Jesus. He satisfies joy. He supplies. My life would be worthless without him. All things in Jesus I find. So he's better than the prophets. He goes on and says he's better than angels. 
Oh, I know we got a lot of folk today that, that, that think it sounds mystical to tell you that an angel stood by me, or an angel showed me such and such a thing. But when I look in my Bible, it says the angels desire to look into the mystery of salvation, but they are not even able. Angels don't even know what it is you enjoy. In fact, every time angels look, and the Bible lets me know that when a sinner comes to Christ, that even heaven starts rejoicing. Angels don't necessarily know what they're rejoicing about, but they know one thing, that when a sinner comes down the aisle, that it moves God on the throne in such a way until all heaven gets concerned. He's better than angels. Not only is he better than angels, he's better than Moses. He's better than Aaron. Because when I think about Moses as great as he was, Moses, the Bible said, was a servant in the house of God. But Jesus is Lord over the house of God. Now what does that mean? If you've ever done domestic work, it doesn't matter how long you worked in that house. When that little lad is born and before he gets two years old, the parents let you know, and now you be careful how you treat him, because this is the heir to all that I possess. I want you to know that Moses was a great servant, but when Jesus steps on the scene, he's not just a servant in the house. He is the Lord over the house. So when I compare Jesus with Moses, Jesus is better. He goes further to tell me that Jesus is better than Aaron. Aaron was the high priest. And you see, preachers, we got to watch ourselves. If there's anything at all that bothers me, I see a group of young preachers coming along building mega churches. But there's something about it that bothers me. I'm not concerned about their 20,000 members and more. I'm not concerned about them buying their private jets, but I'm concerned about the arrogance that I see with some of these young preachers. Aaron was the high priest, but while Moses was up on the mountain, Aaron made the mistake of building for Israel a golden calf. And God more or less said to him, I'm not going to get you now, but I'm going to get you later. And when Aaron became an old man, God told Moses, I'm not going to let him stay till he die, but bring him up to the top of the mountain, strip him of all of his insignia that tells who he is, and then put him on his son. I want you to know that we can get so arrogant until God can strip us, strip us from being pastor, strip us from being bishop, strip us from being district missionary. One passage, don't you ever forget, that when Samuel anointed Saul to be the king over Israel, he was tall, but he had a humble heart. And when Samuel wanted to introduce him, he went back into the supply tent and hid himself among the stuff. 
But after he got a few victories under his belt, he became so arrogant that he even second-guessed God. And when God told him what to do with the Amalekites, he disobeyed God and did what he wanted to do. And when Samuel went to let him know God has fired you, he said, remember, when thou was young, when thou was little in thine own eyes, was it not then that God made you the captain of his people, even over Israel? In other words, it doesn't matter how big people see you. Don't you ever look in the mirror and see what folks see. The people may see you high and lifted up, but if you want to stay where you are, you better see yourself always under the feet of Jesus. Oh, this isn't the way I wanted to go, but I, I, I'm going to be finished in a few minutes. Jesus is better. Better than Aaron. Better than the Levitical priesthood. Well, why do you say he's better? Because you understand that the priest in Israel, his job was never done. Every year, he had to bring an offering on the Day of Atonement. He had to go into the Holy of Holies with the blood of a pure lamb without blemish and sprinkle that blood on the mercy seat. In the Holy of Holies, there was no chair in which he could sit. In the Holy of Holies, there was nothing but the Ark of the Covenant, which contained the symbol of God's presence. In the Ark was a pot of manna, reminding them of that 40 years traveling in the wilderness, and God rained down manna every morning. In the Ark was Aaron's rod that budded. In the ark was the two tables of stone upon which were written the Ten Commandments. Hallelujah. And the ark itself was a box about four feet long, two feet high, two feet wide, made out of shittim wood, wood from the acacia tree. It had two gold rings on the side, a pole through the two rings on one side, a pole through the two rings on the other. This was so that when the priest had to move it, they'd catch a hold to the pole. They couldn't touch the ark, but they could touch the pole. And then the top of it was the mercy seat, covered with pure gold. And the priest would have to come and pull the blood sprinkled it on the mercy seat, and then go out and tell the people your sins have been atoned for for another year. But what he did last year, he had to do this year. What he did this year, he'd have to do next year. My God. But when Jesus came, God from on high, he himself became the Passover lamb. Now, when they killed the lamb, the lamb had to be lying down. So when he got to Calvary, they stretched the cross on the ground and laid him on top of the cross, nailed his right hand, nailed his left hand, nailed his feet, and then they lifted 
propped up and the base of it settled into a hole that was to serve as a socket in the earth. Now he's the high priest. He's the lamb lying down, but he's the high priest standing up. He's got man in one hand. He's got God in the other hand. And he declares, I am the way. I'm the way for God to get back to man. I'm the way for man to get back to God. And when it died on Calvary, in the temple, the veil of the temple was ripped from the top to the bottom, saying, I know he's on Calvary, but his work is going on in the Holy of Holies. And when he got through dying on the cross, buried in Joseph's new tomb, got up that morning with all power in his hand. The Bible said he ascended on high and sat down at the right hand of the Father, saying, I've died one time, and I don't have to die no more. Mm-hmm. One time, he gave his life. One time, he shed his blood. And I want you to know that it's been 2,000 years ago, but the answer is still the same. What can wash away my sins? You ought to look at somebody and say, nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious. I get ready to go to the seat. Thanks of God. It's time to quit being so liberal. I'm not talking about other denominations of the Christian faith. But it's time for you to know who you believe in. It's time for you to know what you're standing for. Our nation is up against an enemy. They got the wrong religion. But they're so dedicated that they're willing to die for it. Have you even come to the level of commitment where you're willing to give your tithe? It's a long way between arguing about giving tithe and being willing to die for what you believe. I want everybody to stand. It may be a little difficult, but uh, Dr. Bernard, if you could move the orchestra around the corner right quick. I want everybody standing. I want you to catch the person who's standing next to you by both of their hands. Hallelujah. I don't want you to ask God to do a thing for you. 
But I want you and that person who you're holding by the hand, I don't mean a holding hands across the board, but catch both hands of one somebody. And if there's a third party near you, you can include that third person. And I want you to tell that person, neighbor, it's time for us to recommit to our Lord and Savior. And I want you to begin to pray for that individual, that God will move every obstacle out of their way, that a new surge of God's Spirit will consume that individual.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you've done. You have been a blessing. Lord, you said you would bless us and we would be a blessing. So we love on you today, thanking you for this time. Thank you for what you've done. Lord, hopefully we've been a blessing to somebody that helped them make it through their midnight hour. When the towers have fallen, Lord, we thank you that maybe we've been a little light in the dark times. We love on you, God, and we bless everybody out there. We bless their children and their households. We bless them right now in Jesus' name. Bless them with health, prosperity. We bless them with kindness. Bless them with love, forgiveness. Lord, we bless you because you're good. There's none like you. We love on you today. Lord, these are your children. We're your servants. We love you. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. God bless you. This is the kind of radio you need. Yes, Jesus is a morning radio. Old radio for real people. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Bishop G.E. Patterson this morning. And we must reconnect with the Lord. Every day we should make sure of our calling and election with him. Make sure we are on the right path. Stop. Take time during your day and reflect on self-inventory. It's real important, real important. Because we want to be right with him. We want to be a blessing unto others. And we don't want to tell people to do what we're not doing. Yeah. So we want to reconnect with him. If we've fallen away or whatever the case may be, we want to come back to him. Because if we come back to him, he will in no wise cast us out. He's waiting patiently for us to come to him. Hallelujah. Sometimes he'll show you things that will make you come to him. Because you're like, oh, uh-uh, I did. Oh, wait, let me go. Let me pray. Yeah. And prayer is important. All during the day, prayer is important. Because I truly learned over the years, prayer will fix it every time. Yeah, every time prayer can fix it. If we have the faith and the patience and we can trust God, hallelujah, he will fix it for us. And that's what I love about this way. I love the ways of the Lord because no matter what, I can always go to him. Yeah, I can always tell him everything. He already know anyway, but he wants us to open our mouths and talk to him. Yeah, come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, I will wash you white as snow. Yeah, sit here. I'll make your enemies your footstool. Yeah. Many days we got child, children problems, husband, wife problems, church problems, ministry problems, whatever your problem may be, job problems, sickness problems, whatever it may be today, God is able. Again, if we can trust and believe, open that mouth and ask. We have not because we ask not. And when we ask for help with these things, we're not asking amiss. Yeah. 
we're asking according to what his word said. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. No weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Yeah, that loves me. So we, we, we have a lot, but many times we don't use the resources. We're trying to fix it because we want it done too quick. And God is not moving that fast because it's not unto death. Whatever is going on with us, it is not unto death. So God don't move fast many times. There are days when he moves right now. Because it will work together for your good right now. Hallelujah. And so we thank him this morning. Thank him for another week ending. And uh, we're going into this weekend and we want to be great witnesses wherever we go. Great witnesses unto him. Hallelujah. He's able. He's able. Yeah. And I'm so thankful. Ooh, I'm so thankful. Because many times I see uh, my situation and uh, I'm not going to be able to take care of that myself. And he'll send something in that it will take care of it for me. I don't have to lose no sleep, no rest. I'm not up walking no floor. I'm not up in the midnight hour crying. No, none of that. Because I've learned over the years if I trust him with all my heart, and lean not to my own understanding in all my ways. Acknowledge him. He will direct my path. I don't have to be wise in my own eyes. I just fear the Lord and depart from evil and continue to trust him. Hallelujah. And he bring it to pass. So grateful. So grateful. I learned these things. Ooh, I learned. I'm thankful. Because he don't want us to be ignorant. He said he wouldn't have us ignorant. Study to show that self-approval. Workmen need not be ashamed. Rightly. Dividing the word of truth. Yeah. You can know for yourself. You don't have to wait on the preaching all these people. Yeah, you will know for yourself. I need y'all intercessors to pray for Cindy this morning. Uh, she's back in the hospital. So we want, and they say it's not looking good for her, but we know the head physician. We know the head specialist, and we believe him to heal her today. Hallelujah. Pray for her family, her children, and her husband, that God would bring them comfort while she's going through all of this, and that they will have a false heart concerning the wife and the mother. Send it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We thank God. We thank God. to See, he can take care of all of this. I'm here. She's in Australia. But the prayer can reach her from Florida to Australia. All God needs is a willing vessel who's going to open their mouth concerning Sydney. Cindy, yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. You just need a willing vessel that's uh, going to open their mouth concerning Cindy and her children, her family, uh, Daryl, and all the people we've been praying for this week. All we need to open our mouth and tell God what we need him to do for them or want him to do for them. And if it be his will, if it will work together for their good, he's going to do it. Oh, yeah. In Jesus' name. Listen, I have one more request um, that I've been asked to play, and I'm looking for it right now. I'm looking for it right now. All right. We're going in with this one. And when we come back, the studio opens.
Hallelujah. I'm living proof today of the mercies of God. Yeah. If you knew me back then and you know me now, hallelujah. 
you know that he changed this whole life of mine, gave me a brand new life, and I'm so grateful this morning. Unto him for the brand new life. I could be suffering. I could be going through. I could not even know who I am. Oh, but God, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So we're grateful unto him this morning. We appreciate him. We love him today. And uh, we just thank him for his love. Hallelujah. None like him. None like him. We can search all over, as Bashan Mitchell says, and we yet won't find nobody, nobody greater than Almighty God. So listen, if you have something you would like to say this morning, please feel free to press that number one and come in today and uh, share with us. You may have a testimony or you may have something to say concerning what Bishop Patterson preached this morning. And uh, he is gone. He is gone. He went to take his rest, he and his wife, Louise. And But he left some wonderful messages back for us. Yeah. I can remember getting up on Sunday morning, getting dressed for church, and he would come on. And I would listen to him while I'm getting ready for church. Oh, you talking about church in the house? I go on and get my praise in and everything. Yeah, because he brought the message of God. He brought the word of God. And uh, I know many people say, well, are you a member of the Church of God in Christ? No, I am not. I just know what the scriptures say. That's all. <laughs> and I believe the word of God. He said, if we ask it in Jesus' name, and uh, we follow in the apostles' doctrine, you know, we follow in the doctrine of Jesus Christ, what he taught them. And so that's what we do. Uh, what he taught his disciples, yeah, we take care of the sick, we uh, take care of the homeless, we feed the sheep, yeah, we do all of these things, and so I'm so grateful. I know at the convocation, um, I, I, I got your brother Anthony, give me one second, at the convocation, they have people that um, are there from all over, so a lot of times they want to uh, acknowledge the people, you know, the, the bishop, the preacher, the this, the person at that. So they do a lot of that. And uh, it's fine with me because me, the work I've done speak for me. But uh, a lot, you know, I just hate, a lot of us have to hear all of that, but it's okay. It's okay because bishop got to the meat of the thing. He got to the message. Hallelujah. And that's what we need, the word of God. Yeah, because everything going down but his word. Yeah, and remember, Jesus is still the word. And today we need to be wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in him. Nothing else. Not our nonsense and foolishness, but in Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And he's my life. Hallelujah. So I thank him today. Thank him. Can't thank him enough. Oh, yeah. All right, Brother Anthony, coming at you right now. Good morning, sir. God bless you. How are you? God bless. Holly, favor. Good morning to you, Ms. Barber. First of all, I want to give God thanks for waking me up this morning. Thank you for life, health, and strength, keeping my right mind. Thank you for allowing me to see another day I've never seen before. I thank you for the activity of my limb. I thank you for who he is to me, what he's doing in me, where he brought me from, and where he's taking me at. And I thank him for the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding that he, he, he instills in me. I thank him for the patience. I thank him for his love just to be loving me, 
Because who am I, you know, but but man, but, you know, he gave his life for me and y'all as well. And, you know, so I just thank God for, you know, him having a heart and having a little to love us, you know, as his children. And uh, I just blessed this morning, you know, uh, the enemy just try to, try to attack you, you know, try to attack your mind and things that you're going through in life. And, you know, even this morning, you know, you, and a little, yes, I can say yesterday too, you know, but uh, through it all, I thank God for people like you, Miss Barbara, and, you know, men and women of God that God placed in your life, you know, that you can, you, you can talk to, you know, and they can encourage you and, you know, help you get through some things that you might go through in life daily, you know, that, you know, being you know, uh, being younger and not having as much experience in life, you know, because I still got a lot to learn in life, you know, but having someone, a person, a woman of God or a man of God, you know, that that's brown and, and they'll walk with God and, you know, they live in their life according to God's will as best as they know how. And, you know, they're encouraging and speaking into your life and, you know, just encouraging you and giving you some, you know, corners on how to, Hold yourself and walk right before God. You know that's a, a awesome, beautiful thing. You know, and just a person to have that love. You know enough to to want to tell you that. You know to want to see you go to, in the right direction and not lead you down the wrong path. You know, so now I'm just blessed, and uh, you know I'm just like any other person, any other human. You know, I have my ups, I have my downs, but you know also I know too. You know when Trouble don't last always, and, you know, I can endure. I might go through it at night, but joy come in the morning, as his words say. So I thank God for that, and I thank God for his grace and his mercy. I thank God for keeping me and keeping me in my right mind, you know, because, you know, I've seen people basically to the point where they lost their mind or have lost their mind. So I thank Mm -hmm. God for what, you know, he's doing to me, and, I thank him for continuing to draw me closer to him, and I just try to do the right thing, and I, you know, I just thinking, you know, you know, just listening off and on because I'm kind of busy this morning dropping this load, but you know, and had some phone calls, so I kind of missed out a little bit of what, you know, the man of God was speaking on to a certain extent, but uh, I can say this, you know, I, I just. Sometimes with God, we don't, we, like he said, sometimes we want to do things that how we want it and we don't want to wait and we don't have the patience, you know, or we got the patience, but we trying to do it ourselves and move faster than what he trying to do. And he knows what's best for us. He knows the the plan he had for our life before we was even born, before we was in our mother's womb. So, you know, if you just put that in my spirit, you know, if you could just listen, just be patient and just wait, I'm going to give you exactly what you need, you know. And, you know, I, I, as I look and as I meditate on, on those things and, you know, on those thoughts, and I'm thinking, I'm like, well, you know, I might be hurting or, you know, I might be feeling lonely, you know, but at the end of the day, I got a guy that's with me, and he's always there. I might not can see him physically, but he just spiritually with me, you know, and, you know, he loving on me, you know. It's just, you know, 
I got to love on him back, you know, and I just sometimes go through the storm. We got to weather the rain, you know, and go through some things. But we, at the end of the day, we're going to learn, and we can overcome them, you know, and you say he'll be with us from the beginning to the end. He's never leaving or forsake you. You know, like you said, greater you that's in him than he does in the world. So, you know, you just got to know, you got to know where you at with God and what God can do in your life and what he wants to do in your life and be obedient and have the patience to wait. So, you know, I just thank God for, you know, that and, you know, him putting people in my life to encourage me and keeping me in my right mind. So I just thank God for that. Oh, uh, uh, and I just wanted to encourage somebody, and good morning to everybody listening this morning. Uh, and good morning to you, Miss Barbara. Good morning to Sister Jerry and Brother Louis and Sister Sherry, Brother Louis' wife. Uh, we got this guy driving crazy around here. He's about to hit my truck. Oh, mm. on the curb. Excuse me, Lord. Excuse me, y'all, on that one. But, oh, uh, I had to... <laughs> Open my eyes for a minute because he was doing some crazy stuff. But uh, nevertheless, thank God for Sister Irene. And uh, I just lift up Sister Cindy and uh, the young lady, uh, woman of God y'all spoke of. The guy will continue to heal her or whatever her situation, whatever she's going through. Just keep healing for her life. Uh, I mentioned Sister Jerry. And uh, Brother Cal, Brother Cal, and Sister Rita, uh, Sister Fion, uh, Sister Shante, uh, 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 Pastor uh, Boatwright, uh, Sister Michelle Fluker, uh, Mother Anna Leifert, uh, uh, Anna, uh, I'm, I can't get the other one. I, I keep forgetting it. I got it in my mind, I forget it. But good morning to the. The Foot family, good morning to y'all this morning. Good morning to Brother Jermaine, Brother D, uh, Brother Mike Hawks, and Sister Kim Hawks. Good morning to y'all. Good morning to uh, Sister Rose Brown and uh, Sister Dot. Good morning to you this morning. Uh, say good morning to uh, uh, I, I'm forgotten now. So kind of threw me off, but. Nevertheless, we just thank God for all of Jesus in the morning and the people that uh, take their time out to come in the morning and listen to this show and get some spiritual food and get some wisdom and some guidance in their life and they are striving to live the best life they can live as God do what he need to do in their life. So we just thank God for that. And y'all just continue to pray my strength in the Lord and I pray for y'all. And we just pray for this world and this nation that we will go back to what was found, and that's putting God first and letting God lead and guide us as a nation and as men and women of God. Amen. Amen. I see you showing out a little bit more. I see you showing out. <laughs> I try to, Ms. Bob. I try to. Trying to, get, trying to get back. Okay, you own them trying names, to get though. Those names I hope Sister Rita listening because <laughs> back in the day she had a little challenge for you with them names. Oh, it used to be so funny, brother. After that, I used to be laughing so hard. And, and she sometimes she would say, well, he missed something. 
Oh, that's Sister Rita on it. Yeah. But it's yeah. all this Probably get me right now. Okay. Miss okay. Barbara, it's her time to reclaim the crown. <laughs> all right. I see. get me right now. <laughs> Let me see. I don't think you missed too many either, but Anthony. Now, I don't think you call Sister Mary Ann name, but. Um, okay, yeah. Sister yeah, Simone, right. but you, 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 and, and my God, oh, yeah. maybe Laura, but. Hey, you you was kind of on that thing, bro. After the yeah, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Proud of you, guys. Yeah, and uh, uh, you you didn't do all the men, but you did a lot of them. Now you you got it. You got it. I got to give it to you today. You much closer than you was yesterday. Yeah. That's terrible. <laughs> Let's see, see what Rita said. Oh, uh, see, I said you didn't call her today. See, uh, you, I, I, I got you yesterday, though. I had her yesterday, though. I called her name yesterday. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Let me see what Rita said. Rita said, "Oh, it's old brother after that. Oh my goodness, here she go. Here she go." <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, uh, but but he he did that. And Sion said, "Yes, you did. You did it yesterday." But see, um, Rita's looking for you to do everybody every day. Call all those names again. Yeah. Oh my goodness, she says, "Oh, my brother." Okay. All right. Start studying your names, brother. Study your names, because. Sister Rita listed. <laughs> I thank God for good wholesome fun. Thank God for good laughter. And I, you know, I don't do the roll call as much as I used to. And you even got off the boat right. Yeah, you brought her before the Lord. Oh yeah, we see you, brother. After that's a good thing. That's a good thing. And so, you know, I don't do it as often as I used to. But I'm gonna try and start back to doing this roll call. A little bit often, and see, if calling every name, that's gonna help you and others to remember. Yeah, each one of us in here, we are faithful few, and uh, not everybody on the roll call list comes, but they go to the archive. So that's why they may not be in the studio, but I call their name anyway because they're coming through the archives of the podcast. And I thank God for them archivers and the podcasters. Yes, I do. God bless you. God bless you. And then sometimes a message comes forth, but they may be a little busy. So what they do is they lay it back through the archives of the podcast so they can hear the message of the day and, and get it right, you know, understand it better. Then sometimes they didn't make it that morning. They had to work or go out or whatever. So when they get back, they listen to it. And I, I thank God for that. When sisters used to tell me, I walk in the door from work, kick my shoes off, uh, put on my comfortable dress or clothes, and I hit the kitchen to start dinner. But while I'm getting my dinner started and going, I listen to Jesus in the morning. That used to tickle me too. Yeah. But I found that it was a blessing. Yeah, it was a blessing to many. And then you can't reach people a lot of times that you hear. I can remember a couple of people, I tried to reach out to them. There was no way to contact them. And I try not to be that kind of person. Yeah. Because I'm a vessel, you know, and God can use me. And I know it gets aggravating. It gets taxing. Woo, what you talking about? 
because some people, uh, they want what they want. But this is what you have to do. I learned this over the years. You have to stick with them, pray, and stick with them, pray, and keep showing them who Jesus is in you. You heard the scripture say, you'll reap the harvest if you faint not. By the days I wanted to just faint, just fall out and just lay there and don't never get <laughs> But guess what? I didn't faint and I reached. Ah, I didn't faint. It was some trying days. Ooh, I didn't feel like it. Y'all got to know. It, it, it was some days where Shantae calling all day, be, you know, other people calling for prayer and this and that. And that night, Shantae wanted to call me again. I said, look, I'm going to bed. Call me tomorrow. <laughs> call me tomorrow. In La Mañana, because I cannot do nothing for you tonight. I don't even want to talk and laugh tonight. I want to sleep. And God blessed me to go get a deep rest, a good sleep. And when I woke up, it was right back over again. But the more I yield my members to God, the better I was. Because it's, it's, it's not me trying to schedule it and fix it and put it, but I just let him have it all. Who reached me, reached me, Lord. Those are the ones who want to reach and want me to talk to them. Who reach me, reach me, Lord. Those are the ones you want me to pray for, and those are the ones who are going to be requesting prayer. Yeah. A lot of people. Some people don't come to Jesus in the morning. They just come to me. Yeah. I can. I give people what God said. They don't like what he said. You hear me? It's going to bless them. It's going to bless their life. It's going to put them in a better place. But they don't want to hear that. They want to hear that God didn't put them where they want to be, especially couples. Oh, my goodness. I said one day, I said, just shoot yourself and take yourself out your misery because you're not going to listen to God, and you can't undo it. You can't fix it. It's already crushed. You can't put it back together. Only God can. I'm telling them, do this, do that. Because that's what he said, tell them. Oh, they do the opposite, and that thing get worse. Do y'all hear me? Because you refuse to obey the instructions of the Lord. I look back sometimes at when I wasn't obeying the instructions, and how things just got worse and worse. Ooh. And sometimes a person I was dealing with, this is my boyfriend. He started hating me. And the reason why, I was not in the will of God. I was not obedient. I was trying to fix it and make it to be what I wanted it to be. It wasn't going to be that way. I belong to him. And what he said, if I obey it, he's going to bless me beyond my wildest imagination. And y'all better know I got some wild imaginations when it comes to the things of God. What? The earth is his. The fullness thereof the world, and they that dwell therein. I learned that everything and everybody belong to God, including that devil. So it's best I obey and come out with a good report than not to obey and keep suffering. Keep suffering over and over. Ooh! That's why I prayed to the Lord. Lord, don't let me write bad checks. Don't, don't, don't let me kite these bank people money and all of this. 
Because over and over again, you get sick of the same thing I did. And Lord, bless me not to go back to jail. When it comes to something I think I need, I need to write a check for that. I need to do this. Uh Uh-uh. I said, Lord, fix my heart, regulate my mind. And he started showing me go to work. You might have to work in two or three different spots, but go ahead and do that. And you won't have to write nobody a bad check. You won't have to go and get the bank people money to my kite and all of that. No, you won't have to do all of that. You don't need no $100,000. You don't even need $10,000. Matter of fact, you don't need 1000 So now, the job is to give you more than you need to do what it is you're trying to do. Oh, he fixed some things in my heart and in my mind. Yeah. And I don't desire to do nobody wrong. Yeah. Because the enemy had told me, hey, you know, uh, you owed about uh, so many thousands of dollars. How but <laughs> Excuse me, call buddy and, you know, get it. And you got somebody you already got it off. That's the devil. Because he think my flesh going to come in on that. Uh-uh, greater is he that lives within me than he that is in the world. I don't have to break not one law. I be headed to the prison, going down I-10. And sometimes when I look at the speed on it, I'm doing 80. <laughs> The speed limit say 70. I take my feet up off that pedal because I'm I'm riding illegal now. I'm speeding. And that's against the law. So I take my feet and get it back at 70. When my granddaughter, Brianna, go with me anywhere, and I do 80, she tell me, yeah, we getting on bad, granny. <laughs> but she loving it because I'm moving fast. And uh, she told Chantay, yeah, we get places quick. So that's that 80 and 85 grade to be doing. I, I just have to look at it. Stop telling the secrets. But I have to take my feet off that gas because I know I'm illegal. The scriptures say obey the laws of the land. Yeah. I just got to be in the right. And most times if the cops pull me over, police pull me over, and I give my answer, uh, I wasn't paying attention. I was talking or listening to, or I was praying or whatever I was doing. I tell them the truth. And they say, well, ma'am, I'm going to give you a warning. You you, you got to pay attention and slow down. And I'm gone. And don't get out the car. None of that. Because I show respect. So I'm subject to the higher power. They're in charge. Yeah. And so I give them respect. They respect me back. I've had them to put my sticker on my tag. Yeah. I've had them to give me compliments. Ma'am, that's a nice hairdo. I said, thank you, sir. Ma'am, that's a nice truck. Thank you. Where are you going? Yeah. And I'm to my, he's not asking me this to see if I'm a criminal. You don't know my record. He's asking me this out of courtesy, just being kind, having a conversation with the person that he's supposed to be serving and protecting. But it's all in the way that you treat them. And even if you, if they treat you wrong after you show respect, you still show respect and keep your mouth shut. And let's see how that goes. Because he pulled you over, man, I said, why? What I done done? What you stop me for? No, I don't need to know all of that. 
What you want, mister? License, insurance, and registration. Here it is. Yeah. And and when he's done, I'm gone. Because I, I don't have no warrants. You know, I don't have nothing against me like that. So why I got to be all crazy with the police? That makes things worse. I thank God for a sound mind. This I say sound mind this morning. Yeah. Because he will help us if we want to be helped. Is there anyone else? The studio is still open. And uh, feel free to press that number one and come in any time. And uh, be blessed. Be blessed. I'm going to this one this morning. And when we come back, if no one have anything they would like to say, we will get out again a little bit early today.
www.jesusinthemorningradio.com Hallelujah, hallelujah, Miss Edith McKinney. And I like Edith's mentality. Edith said she was going to bring the whole hood with her, and then she would buy her mama house. Everybody that she knew who was in dire straits, she was going over there and be a blessing to them. And then she was going to be a blessing to her family. Yeah. So I like Eva's mentality there. Because when you put people first before you, God bless in a mighty way. Ooh-wee. The songwriters say, you don't know like I know what God has done for me. You can't tell it. I got to tell it what he's done for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to mute your mic, bro, Anthony. So if there's no one else have anything they would like to say, I will pray us out. And we pray the Lord bring us back Monday morning. 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for another episode of Jesus in the Morning. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word today. Thank you for all again that has been said and done. We thank you for your love. Oh, we thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that you so loved us. You found a way to redeem us back to you. And Father, as we depart this weekend, we ask that you would use us in your service to be a great witness unto you. Father, we ask that you would bless our households and our families and friends. And God, we ask today that you would raise Cindy up again and show your power, God, and your strength. Your almighty God that have all power. There's nothing too hard for you to do. You heal all manner of sickness and disease. Do it for Cindy today. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, we're talking about Irene's daughter, God. Move on her behalf in the name of Jesus. And Father, we ask that you would bless Cindy and her family. God, move for her and her children. Give her wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of your word and of you. God, teach her how to pray. Teach her how to teach her children how to pray. In the name of Jesus. Oh, we thank you this morning. But there's none like you. And again, as we part this weekend, bless our going out. Father, bless our coming in. Meet the need in our lives according to your riches and glory by your son, Christ Jesus. And Father, we ask today that you would open up financial doors that we didn't even know was there. Make financial ways for us in the name of Jesus. Oh, we give it all to you this morning. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, we ask it all. Amen and hallelujah. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent one from another in the name of Jesus. Go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus with someone. God loves a cheerful giver. Yeah, give someone something of quality today. The word is of quality. Prayer is, you can pray with somebody. That's a quality gift. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon you this weekend, starting April the 14th, 2023, in Jesus' name. So at this time, I'm going to say bye-bye. 
and we're going to our last request of the morning. And uh, after this, I won't be coming back. God bless you. God bless you. Have a blessed weekend. I need to lost I need to lost I need to right now. I need to right now. I need to lost I need to lost I need to right now. I need to right now. an issue of blood, sick for 12 long years, knew if he touched the hem of his garment, she'd be made whole, and all she said was, oh Lord, oh yes, And he could not see when he heard that Jesus was passing by. He said, Lord, lay your hands on me. I need your love, Jesus.
need you right now. I need you right now. I need you, Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. 